You are listening to the Christ in All podcast, where we discuss how following Jesus Christ impacts all areas of a believer's life. Each week, we will answer questions about the Christian worldview in an effort to help both new and mature believers grow in their faith. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Christ in All podcast. This is Chad Hunsberger, and we have a uh, unique question today. I say it's unique because it uh, it doesn't seem it almost seems like a oxymoron uh, in the sense that discipline doesn't always feel loving. We don't we don't like discipline as children from our parents. We don't like discipline from our boss as an employee, and uh, the idea of church discipline is not feel loving. In fact, when when I have talked about church discipline with uh, other church leaders that have a hard time uh, implementing it and with uh, church members uh, having a difficult time receiving it, it is often for a couple reasons. One, because it is messy, so to speak. You have to kind of get into uh, the, the heart and soul of people's uh, thoughts and their, uh, their sin and, and the the filth that that is, and so that's difficult. But it's also because it can feel unloving. So the question today is, what makes church discipline loving? And and I want to start by looking to a, a text. There's a couple different texts that speak to church discipline, the idea that holding people accountable for their sin. Uh, in the New Testament, we see a passage in Galatians, but we also see probably the most uh, familiar text in this regard is Matthew 18. And Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or three others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So this idea that when someone sins, uh, that a brother, a sister, would, would come to them and, and confront that sin. Now the idea should be, uh, the hope there is, is for restorative, uh, repentive uh, response, right? We, we want, when, when I have heard of someone sinning, I want to go to them. And my prayer is not just to uh, uh, kind of give them a slap on the wrist, punish them in some form or fashion. No, my, my desire is that they'll turn away from that sin and come confess it to the Lord. Uh, similarly, I hope that people will do that for me. I, I just, a few minutes ago, was in a accountability uh, conversation in which the guy I sit across the table from is free to ask me any question uh, and call me to confess sin if, if, uh, if that's what is needed. I'm so thankful for relationships like that, so I'm not above this either. But that idea, the reason it's loving, is because in that one-on-one conversation, you're wanting the best for that person. You're, you're wanting for them to be closer to the Lord. Sometimes we're just blind to our sin, so we don't realize that maybe something we said or uh, the motive we had or the, the way in which we took action, maybe a, a step we were taking, uh, maybe we didn't see it as sin. And so someone just needs to draw our attention to that. And so that's loving because we want those people to be closer to the Lord and not be hindered by their sin. 
sometimes that is still isn't seen. It's ignored or rejected. And so you bring two or three other people with you. It's so significant, in fact, that you don't want someone to continue to living in that, to be living in that sin. So you, you bring other brothers and sisters with you and say, please see this action, this word, this, uh, this part of your life as sin. Hopefully, by, by seeing the, the weight that that carries, that, that you're bringing other people in, not, not out of gossip or slander or trying to be the one who stirs the pot, but instead of being showing the, the burden, the weight that this is. Hopefully at that point, that brother or sister would then confess that sin again. That's always the goal, right? Restoration, repentance. And so you're, you're bringing that along. Why is it loving? Because again, you want them to, to be closer to the Lord, not to be hindered by sin. Finally, if that is still rejected, it's rejected that even though this is sin, some, I've, I've sat in a room with another brother who said, I, I believe that you're right, that that is sin, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to take, take my chance with that. Well, then we have to do that next step of taking it before the church and saying this brother or sister is, is now seeing, heard that, that they are committing sin and they're not confessing it. They're not turning away from it. They're not rejecting it. In fact, they're, they're moving headlong into it all the more. And so now as a church, the most loving thing for us to do is not to confuse them and to make them think that they are okay, that they are safe, but instead to let them know that they are in danger of the wrath of God. And because we love them, we have to let them know that that is a... Uh, something that is headed, that they are headed for, headed for receiving the wrath of God. And so as a result, we, as the text says, uh, think of them as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so what that would mean is, and we would think of them as an outsider. We would no longer consider them as a part of the body of Christ. And, and so the phrase excommunication, which means to be out of community, or even more specifically out of communion, meaning that they would not participate in the Lord's Supper, not take the the Lord's Supper in that way. And so here's why that's loving. Because once again, we want our brothers and sisters to know that, uh, that they have a sin that is hindering them in their relationship with the, with the Lord. That is, is putting a, a gap that doesn't have to be there. And so our hope and our prayer is that, that they would repent, would confess their sin, and would... Uh, would come back to the Lord. And the great news is that if they confess, he is faithful and just to forgive them of their sins. He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And so church discipline is always messy. It's always hard. Confrontation is not something that I thrive on, but it is something necessary in these cases. And it is loving because it is telling a person that, that there is a way for them to be close to the Lord. And that's what we're longing for. Our hope is that church discipline uh, takes place on a regular basis. I think a lot of times we think church discipline only is taking place when we get to the spot where it is brought to the church as a whole or when someone is excommunicated. But I would say that Matthew 18 is indicating that church discipline is taking place from the very onset of accountability. That one brother telling another brother, hey, I want to encourage you uh, to, to stay away from that sin. Hey, I've seen you act this way, and, and you may not realize that that is sin. And, and the prayer is that that's all it takes. 
That someone acknowledges that sin, turns away from it, confesses it, and, and moves on. So even at that, that church discipline would happen on a regular basis. That's the prayer, is that we would have those kinds of relationships, those kind of closeness with one another, and that, that the love of family can be felt in that kind of way, that the, the care for one another can be felt in that kind of way. There are all kinds of um, protocols and policies and procedures that can be put in place uh, when using, uh, in our case, at our church, elders. Uh, sometimes churches would use staff for roles like that, but I guess what I would want to be encouraging you is that uh, not just in the policy and procedure side of things and thinking through how things are, uh, sins are brought before the church, but really to think about uh, that primary role of the first person taking, uh, bringing sin to light for someone in order they, that they might grow closer in their walk with the Lord. So that's why church discipline is loving, because it is a, a steering someone back to the Lord in their relationship with him. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you think so, please rate, review, and share it on social media. If you have a question that you would like answered, please send it to info at colonialheights.org. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Christ in All podcast, a ministry of Colonial Heights Baptist Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, please visit our website at colonialheights.org.